everybody. Welcome to A Glance at Baseball. Today we will be talking with Matan Marta Friedgood about offseason so far and what is to come in baseball. So what are your thoughts on the overall offseason so far? I think baseball offseasons are normally slow like this, right? I haven't, in recent memory, you really don't get a whole lot of blockbuster trades, you know, very quickly. And so I think the fact that you've got the, the Padres making moves, you've got the Mets with Lindor and McCann, and you've got some of the little teams making moves here and there. You know, I think, it, I think it's been a good, you know, pace for most of it. That's not to say that there couldn't have been more. And I think there's definitely more coming because you still have, what, like three out of the big five free agents left to sign? Yeah, definitely. And then, so there's a lot more to happen. So I think yeah. it, it might be, you know, premature to make a whole big uh, a deal about the pace of the offseason. <laughs> yeah, I think it's also there hasn't been a decision on the DH in the National League. So right. I think that's really holding off on Marcelo Zuna being signed. I think Trevor Bauer also wants to see what's happening because maybe he won't want to have to bat. So maybe he'll go to an American League team. I could see Trevor Bauer really having some fun with the bat, though, couldn't you? I mean, just yeah. <laughs> Imagine yeah. he hits a dinger. Like, that would be insane. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be great. And, um, yeah, what, do you think that the DH should be put into the NL? I think if you're trying to get the pace of baseball, if you're trying to get baseball to be more exciting, right, if you're trying to get more people involved in the game, then, yeah, sure. But if you're trying to uphold the kind of fun of the pitcher's batting, which is, like, it's, it's, a, it's a great time. Yeah. You know, you really you can't deny that. So I think it's really – it depends on what the priorities are for Major League Baseball. Yeah, like I the fact that they're putting in the runner at second base again in the extra innings, that makes me upset. But you know that they're doing it just to speed up the game. Yeah, I think that if they put the DH in the National League, it kind of takes away what makes the National League special. And, I mean, it's always so fun. Like, when Bartolo Colon hit a home run, that oh. had to have been, like, the best day of my life. Yeah, one of the top moments in baseball history. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> I guess I'm biased, and you are too, because as Mets fans, we – tend to have good hitting pitchers we've been lucky yeah yeah like steven Matz, he can hit degrom syndergaard they've both had their fair share of home runs yeah so wouldn't really want to lose that because it's been pretty good so far i'd really want to see in an 162 game season though with a dh just because i'm sure you'd have the pitcher bat just eventually like you'd throw degrom in there just be like hey go ahead like, <laughs> yeah i think, I think that I think there's a way to still make it fun, but you have like Theo Epstein going back to be uh, an assistant to the, to the commissioner in terms of how to make baseball more engaging. And then them still having the, the extra inning rules. I'm, I'm, I'm pissed about that. Yeah. <laughs> I really that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I think it's, especially because when you put them in at second, I'm not, I think that they're keeping the same rule as last year where it's the last person to have gotten out which I think is still better because if it was just any random person, obviously everybody would put their fastest player. Right. But also, like, if the DH does not stay in the NL and you have your pitcher <laughs> or someone, <laughs> like, that's... Well, you'd su I mean, you'd substitute. You'd pinch run. But yeah. It'd be, like, that would yeah. be a little bit questionable. But at least as a Mets fan, I think the DH would be very beneficial because then Pete and Dom can definitely switch off DHing and right. playing first. Because right. otherwise, there's not really a place for Dom. Well, I mean, he has left field. Yeah, but they're try. I heard that they're trying to put Nimmo in left, if they can find a center fielder. 
Nimmo is ranked a high center fielder in terms of overall, right? He's just bad at defense. So if you have yeah. a team that can really rake and you have pitchers who aren't pitching, right? Because like think Peterson, Matz, uh, Stroman to an extent, and this Carrasco, right, are all kind of ground ball pitchers. And yeah. so the idea is that you're not actually going to have a lot of balls that go into center field, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So getting a center fielder, I believe it was fine not to get Springer because that's not necessarily needs to be a top priority because Nimmo can hit. He's a great leadoff hitter. He can read the ball well, you know, so he's either a fantastic trade piece or a, just a really solid center fielder, in my opinion. Yeah. I think that it wasn't really – Springer was didn't really make sense for the Mets because – like you said, with a lot of ground ball pitchers, and now that we have Lindor, like our shortstop yeah. is taken care of. Dom is a very much better defensive first baseman than Pete, but like they both do the job. And then um, I heard he's really Lindor, trying though. Like he's <laughs> yeah, he's he's trying to yeah. get better. And then I heard that they want to put Luis Guillorme at third, switching off. I love Guillorme. Guillorme is like one of my favorite players. Yeah, he's. <laughs> I don't. No, why people sleep people really do sleep on him they do when he was starting like for a couple weeks there he was he was he was hitting very well he was hitting like 300 plus is yeah fantastic yeah he's just a defensive wizard he's amazing and then if you put mcneil at second i think we have a very strong infield and then of course you know conforto in right right you can't really get much past him um i think that they're set in my mind I think you need a couple of bullpen pieces, mm-hmm. but yeah. I think for the lineup, they, they're okay. Especially if you are, you know, platooning JD and Guillerme. Yeah. Cause Guillerme, as long as he gets the at bats, like he could be just a, a, you know, at least more than average, mm-hmm. you know, hitter in the major leagues. Yeah. I was definitely sad that they did not get Brad hand. Yeah. Especially worse yeah. that he's now a national meaning that we have to face him. I mean, he yeah, definitely won't pitch every 19, every time we face them, but. Right. I don't know awesome. how scared you have to be of the Nationals still. I know they still have their big three, but they're getting right. old. Right. The Nationals are a team that needs the DH to be successful. Yeah. You know? So I think, I mean, once they lost Harper, they do have Soto, but they still are missing that, like, really big yeah. Soto and Turner can't carry the team by themselves, you know? Yeah. It's, it's the same it, way, like, Lindor. If, if all the Mets had was Lindor, could not carry the team by himself. Yeah, that's the good thing about the Mets. I think they've been very well-rounded where they have, like, let's say Lindor gets injured or Pete gets injured. You still have those sparks in the lineup that, you know, will bring you there. I mean, a little bit less so now without Jimenez and Rosario as, mm-hmm. you know, middle utility guys, but yeah, they're not. I mean, I'm not really upset about losing them for Lindor. Yeah, me neither. I think that, yeah. Do you think that the extension will come soon? for Lindor or do you think he'll wait I mean I think he especially with the coronavirus right and all that I think he'd really just want to see how he feels in New York before he makes a decision so I can imagine it coming either you know during spring training you know even I know he said do it before spring training around you can do it in the first couple weeks of spring training once he gets Mm -hmm. blended with the team or it would be after the season and you'd be like oh like he performed really well he's doing really well under this coaching staff you know, let's keep him, you know, or it might just be a one-year deal. Cause you know, like Sandy Alderson said, we were willing to give up everything we gave up just for Lindor for one year, you know? And I think that makes, that still makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I think that the first extension that will come will be Conforto. 
because really he's obviously so. yeah. been with the team for a while. He knows all the guys. He knows all the staff. Um, I hope that he they also went through with uh, Luis. He went through with Luis Rojas, you know, yeah. and so I don't think there's that kind of there couldn't be that kind of conflict there. Yeah, and I think that I don't see a reason why um, Lindor wouldn't like the atmosphere of the team. At least from what I've seen, they seem to be a very close team. Seem to have a great atmosphere, and I mean. Obviously, with the excitement of Steve Cohen and Sandy right. Alderson, I think it's really – there's no reason to leave. You know, you, you'd hope so. You'd hope so. But, I mean, you, if, if the Padres end up, you know, winning it all and they say, well, we could use Lindor, <laughs> let's just make an unbeatable team, then I think that there's a real shot that he'll be like, well, if they're going to pay me, you know, $100 million more over there for two more years or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, in a, in a – that's an exaggeration, but it's, I think there's a, there's definitely a world where he leaves the Mets after this year, which would be yeah. disappointing, but it could happen. It would be disappointing, but I mean, the Padres are just, they've been really going for it this off season with Snell, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with you Darvish. And then it's definitely the Dodgers finally have some competition. That's true. But the Dodgers also, they, I think there's something to be said for the Dodgers have been doing it like this for such a long time now, for like a solid, you know, five, six years at this point. They've just been, you know, a, a super team, basically. And yeah. I think if the, if it's the Padres' first couple of years doing this, I think there'll be some hiccups, there'll be some injuries, there'll be some, you know, lo- locker room conflict. Yeah, And so you'll get to the point, you know, where you need some. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that they can at least start off somewhat strong. And because, I mean... The Dodgers, they've been doing it very well for a long time, and, you know, they finally won last year. But I think there does need to be some more competition because at least here, you know, there's the competing of the New York teams. In L.A., there's not really that major competition between the Angels and the Dodgers. Well, Angels just need – got to stop getting bats. they got to start getting some pitching. <laughs> yeah, because I do feel bad for Mike Trout. I feel like he deserves to, you know – be on a team and they started towards that with Anthony Rendon but it's still not enough I think it would be one thing if, if Shohei Otani was pitching you know at the at the same caliber but when he got injured you know that kind of just fell off a cliff there and you feel bad because you know I can't name any other pitchers on their rotation yeah do you think that they're a contender for Bauer uh, they you would you would think so right but I you can't I can't see it I really can't I could see him going to the Padres, honestly, you know, mm-hmm. they could use another one and, and then maybe trade away some of their farm, but you got, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I really, I, people keep talking about with him with the angels. And I, I cannot see it happening. Yeah. I definitely see him coming to the Mets if it was a short-term deal. Um, because he said maybe in one of his YouTube videos or an interview, he does want to win a world series. And I mean, who wouldn't? But I think that if any team were to do that, it would be like the Dodgers, the Yankees, or the Mets. I don't think Padres. the Yankees really, or the Padres. Yeah, I don't think he would go to the Yankees because of his him and um, Garrett Cole don't really get along. Right. Right. Um, I think especially since he's very close with Lindor and Carrasco, since they were both all in Cleveland together, I think the Mets would be a good maybe two-year deal for him. I think so. I could see I could see that happening, except that they um the the Mets are still trying to stay under the luxury tax I mm-hmm. think, and anything with Bauer would be let's say like thirty plus million per year you would think, and so you get to the point where it's like is that really worth it for 
them, even with Steve Cohen's, you know, deep pockets, he hasn't really been using them. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. So it's, it's, it's more difficult for me to imagine that, that happening. Cause he could also go to a team like the White Sox mm -hmm. could go to a team. That's the only team in the central that I can think of, but you got it. Yeah. I can imagine, you could imagine him on the Braves almost. I really hope he doesn't, but yeah, I see that. And then I know that the Braves are also looking at JT Romuto, right. which personally I hope they don't do because right now their main catcher is Travis Darno. I like and even Darnell. though he is an ex-Met, he's been doing very well for them. Yeah. And I think he deserves his shot to not be pushed in as a backup catcher anymore. I have a I have a quick story. I was at a Yankee game and they were playing the the Tampa Bay. They were playing the Rays when Darno was on the Rays. Mm -hmm. And I was with I was with my friend who's a Yankee fan, and it was a fantastic game. Darno hit two home runs and he got he got like four RBIs, right? And the and uh, Tampa Bay beat them five to four, and in, in like the eighth inning, and that was just a great time because you could root for Darno. He's like a really rootable guy. Yeah, I'm actually very sad that the Mets didn't really keep him. I think I mean he kept getting yeah. injured. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. What happened to his thumb? His thumb seems fine now. Yeah, the Mets have the worst luck with they injuries. Always like, have like the hope that David Wright was going to come back and then never did. Like, we just yeah. do not have yeah. good luck with injuries hopefully hopefully we've turned that that corner now but it's yeah i really I guess the Wilpons weren't paying for good field maintenance but <laughs> yeah that's true do you think that the mets should go after jackie bradley jr see i i still think that if you just like get nimmo you know slightly better defensively which you could work with him on you know then you don't need necessarily a new uh a new center fielder. So I think sure like a Marisnik or a Jackie Bradley are both good choices, mm -hmm. but you have, I don't, I don't really know if that needs to be their top priority above, let's say a bullpen piece or a couple more, you know, just lower level traits. Like the ones they do with that, that guy from the Cubs. Oh man, what was his name? But he, um, a utility. Yeah. Utility guy. Yeah. Like I think you need a couple more like that just to fill out your bench. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you need to pay Jackie Bradley 10 million a year. Yeah, I think that he would be like useful because in my mind, at least he is the best defensive center fielder in the league. Um, I think that if we had gotten Springer, it would have been overkill for our lineup because there would be place for him, but also then it would have been overshadowing like McNeil and Alonzo and Smith. I think it wouldn't have necessarily been absolutely important. But I think that if Nimmo doesn't really seem like he's going down the right path because he must be really working on it now because he knows that there is a chance that he can easily be replaced. I think that they should at least keep their eyes open for Jackie Bradley Jr. But you never really know what they're going to go for. At this rate, I think like I, it'd be hard for me to see that happening, but you know, you can, it's not, it's definitely not impossible. Yeah. I expected us to um, sign, what is his name? He just signed with the Red Sox, Kike Hernandez. Oh, yeah, um, I, was, I would have been really happy about that. He's, yeah. he's a really fun one. <laughs> I thought that that would have been a good one because he's a utility player, so he can really go wherever. Um, and, I mean, he's been with the Dodgers last year. He was pretty consistent with the bat, so I think it would have been – quite a good piece but I mean can't be too mad yeah. since now he's gonna there's be other 
there's still other utility guys to either trade for or to be, you know, got off the free agency. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I was. I would have looked forward to if if. Did Justin Turner resign with the Dodgers already? Because you Not take Turner back. Yeah, I haven't heard. So far, he hasn't, which is interesting. I thought that they were going to jump on that one. He could come back to the Mets. I could see that. Yeah, I think that player-wise he would, but personality-wise, I think that he was too much because of what I remember, the Mets kind of parted ways with him because he's a major partier. And we also saw that, you know, he got COVID. Right during the World <laughs> Series. Um, him and Matt Harvey kind of had those party yeah. personalities, which didn't really work well. Um, but I mean, statistics-wise, I think he would have been a good person to sign for the Mets. Well, also, they don't have any, they don't have any redheads on their team. They're kind of... That's true. It feels unbalanced. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, he definitely wouldn't go to the Yankees because if they made him shave his beard... He would never, I don't he think would he would be a good player anymore. I think it really makes him. I, I really think so. Yeah. Yeah. If he had, had to either get a buzz cut or, or shave his beard, mm-hmm. it would, he would ruin it. Would it would be bad, be yeah. And then speaking of the Yankees, they traded for Jameson Tylone. Not sure how to say his last name. Um, he's had, Pirates, yeah. Yeah, he's had quite a s- sad life story. He was the third pick in uh, – the second pick in 2010 between Harper and Machado. Quite the people to be sandwiched between. But then he's had Tommy John twice. He had cancer. He had a hernia. I mean, good for him for finally getting his time to shine. Yeah. Uh, poor guy was also stuck on the Pirates for yeah. you know, a bunch of <laughs> years there. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really – if you want to make it big, I would not recommend staying with the Pirates. Yeah. <laughs> Especially right I mean, now. I think I – I think it's an interesting it's an interesting trade. I think it really shows you that Cashman is also trying to stay under the luxury tax mm-hmm. because there's other, you know, pitchers out there to get. Even yeah. still with even not Bauer, you know, there is there was more before and there's still more now. But you got you know, I think the Yankees do need just more pitching because it's, you know, Cole and a bunch of question marks is how I heard somebody describe it. And you have like that's that's very true. I think it was like four guys pitched a total of one inning in twenty twenty. You know, and so you're really it's it's a toss of the it's a it's a toss up there, but the AL East is not doesn't seem to be all that competitive. Going to be mm-hmm. honest, you got the Baby Jays making some moves, you yeah. know, and you got the Red Sox making some moves, but none of them really have the kind of like power lineup like a Dodgers or the Yankees used to have, or you know what Tampa had before with yeah. how Tampa does it. <laughs> I was shocked when Tampa traded away Blake Snell. I. He's really their main guy, um, besides Tyler Glass now. It was definitely a shock. I think something that could have impacted it was how he was taken out in, I believe, right. it was the fifth or sixth inning of the sixth game of the World Series. I personally did not think that that was the best decision to take him out. I think that's analytics going very haywire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he might have just wanted out, and he definitely landed in the right place. Oh yeah, no, he's gonna he's gonna have fun with that team. Yeah, I mean, did definitely I definitely did not see it coming. I the Padres were never a team all. that I would really put any thought into. Well, I mean, you wouldn't see the Padres for you know Darvish either. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we were all surprised a couple of years ago when the Padres got Machado. Yeah, it's just none of it really. You know, I think it's all starting to come together now. 
Mm -hmm. but it's yeah, been building up to something like this. Yeah. Fernando Tatis Jr. really just, he just really kind of light a fire in the team. And I mean, having him and Machado and then their amazing rotation now, it's definitely going to be the team to look out for on the, on the West yeah. Coast. Well, they're also in a, you know, a much easier division than say the, you know, NL East. <laughs> yeah. The NL East is you, definitely yeah. the hardest. Uh, yeah, yeah. Even Miami, you know, mm -hmm. what they did last year was was incredible. And yeah, that was can, a definite shock. Yeah, and if they can have just even close to that amount of success again, then you have five teams that could all easily make the playoffs, and you wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, you know? I was definitely because the Marlins were always the team. At least as Mets fans, we were like, oh, okay, at least like we have nineteen games to beat up on the Marlins. Yeah. I don't think we can really say that anymore, which is, it definitely makes it scary to be a team in the NL East. Yeah, yeah. But you got to think what the Marlins have to play the Mets 19 times too. You know, you can put it yeah. that way. And I think that might be a little scarier for the Marlins than it is for us. <laughs> yeah, I think the easier team to beat this year might be the Phillies. I mean, they do have Bryce Harper, but losing JT, um, well, they did put in an offer on him, but I mean, if they don't get JT, I think that they will need to, you know, put a little bit more effort into it. But I mean, they have, I mean, you have Bohm, who's kind of, who stepped up last year. You have some, you have, is DD still, or is he a free agent again? He's a free agent. I think he, he said he wants to go back to the Yankees, but I have a feeling he'll just resign with the Phillies. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. because I mean, the Yankees re-signed DJ, so I don't see any place for him on the team. Yeah. No, and DD. Yeah, the Phillies is really one of the, the better fitting places, unless he wants to go to the Red Sox again for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like everybody feels like maybe the Red Sox is now the team. Yeah. <laughs> but that's... <laughs> They're really changing. I did not expect them to be making any major moves. I was also shocked just to see that I saw something, I think it was like, the, only the second time since that the Yankees and the Red Sox have traded between them. Because, I mean, wow. that's really a strong rivalry if that's yeah. what. <laughs> but it's always scary to see, like, Zach Wheeler on the Phillies. Right. Right. Just, Zach Wheeler would be somebody who'd want to get back onto the mm -hmm. onto the Mets if you could. Phil yeah. Peterson in the bullpen. Just put, put Wheeler, you know, in the three or four spot in the rotation, depending. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you yeah. think that since we did not sign Brad Hand, do you think Lugo, that kind of solidifies his spot in the bullpen? I think you need Lugo in the bullpen. I think especially now that you have Carrasco in the rotation, you know, it really, it frees up. You just hope Matt's is going to do okay. Yeah. And you kind of throw Lugo in the bullpen and if Matt's doesn't do okay. as a yeah, long I hope that Matt's can step up um, because we also have to wait and see about Syndergaard. You never know. Coming right. back from Tommy John, there's always that major question mark if he's going to, one, come back on time or come back the same pitcher. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I hope he does because, you know, he's very he's, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't want him to lose that, you know, edge that. Because, I mean, you got to think about back in 2015, the Mets rotation and how, you know, it, it's definitely changed significantly, but it's still you still have DeGrom and Syndergaard basically anchoring it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And without Syndergaard, it kind of – I feel like the Mets rotation really loses its, you know, edge, even with Stroman and Carrasco. Yeah, I think it was a big thing um, that Stroman decided to stay. Um, 
personally, I was very disappointed that he opted out. I think we could have made it into the playoffs if he had not opted out. I think the, what really, you know, leaves a bitter taste in a Mets fan's mouth is just the way he did it, where he got mm-hmm. his service time and then opted out. And you're like, well, yeah. like, I, I get that you wanted your money, but. It just wasn't. I mean, and his explanation was like, you know, I'm living with my family. To be honest, he has enough money to rent a place not with his family, but I mean, <laughs> it is always his decision. At least he didn't do it like Yoan the Cespedes, who just disappeared. That, that is really funny, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was like almost, that was just worth it for the humor almost. Yeah, that's just such a Cespedes thing to do. Yeah, I don't really see anyone signing him. I think if, I think the same kind of team that would sign Puig would sign Cespedes. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. just a power hitter, American League probably. Yeah, I hope Puig gets signed by someone. It was sad that he got signed by Atlanta and then tested positive, so that yeah. went down the toilet. But I mean, I think he is a big personality, but I think he still deserves. He is still a great player. I think if you had a DH in the National League, you could really see him in Miami, just because I know he's already in South Florida, I think. Yeah. And he really, he just fits in with that kind of, you know, atmosphere. You can see him in the black jerseys with, you know, it's really. Yeah. I think he would also be a great mentor because Miami does have a lot of young players since Jeter decided to, you know, rebuild the whole team. I think he would be a great mentor for them. And, but you never know what Jeter's going to do. He's full of, because when he basically traded away the entire team and restarted, but I mean, they do have, they did, um, not really sign, but they hired the first ever female GM. Yeah. Definitely a big step. And she's got like all the experience in the world. So I think if anybody's going to sign the right players, it'd be her. Yeah. I mean, working for the commissioner and she worked under, um, she worked in the Yankees organization you really can't get more practice than working for the Yankees and then working for MLB. <laughs> right. Yeah, they're really the two biggest organizations. Yeah. And then um, what were your thoughts on Jared Porter getting fired? I mean, he deserved to get fired. Mm-hmm. But it was, I really thought probably the most interesting thing that came out of it is that Sandy Alderson basically had to say, yeah, we did an interview any women about Jared Porter. And yeah. you're like, oh, wait a minute. Like, oh, that's not like that's not how it should be working, you know, and there's got to be something that you can do to fix that besides saying, oh, we should fix that. You know, and I think Jeter made the, the right move by hiring, you know, Kim, but you have just the fact that there's nobody in any senior level positions that you could be like, hey, 2016, you were working for the Cubs. How is Jared Porter as an employee? You know, and that's really, you know, because it is, it's, it's the boys club, you know, you don't have a whole lot of female coaches you have like maybe like one or two now right and you don't have a whole lot of female front office staff and you're like well you know the just the it makes you really wonder how much better the game of baseball could be if you had more minds working on each you know aspect of the game rather than just a whole bunch of guys doing everything yeah definitely i mean it's great to see i think it was the giants that hired their first female third base coach I think it's great to finally see people stepping up. Like Rachel Luba is now like, I mean, representing Trevor Bauer, you are in the news all the time. So, I mean, seeing her, it's getting better. But yeah, it was really the fact that they didn't have any, not one single say from a woman. I mean, there has to be some 
female role in the Cubs organization. I mean, you would, you would hope that there would have been, especially in a year where they were doing, you know, well, mm-hmm. but it's, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Or the fact that he didn't even ask any of the reporters that he had worked with, because I'm sure the, like the rest of the reporters probably would have, you know, seen something about it. You yeah. know, that's the, that kind of thing to do is, is hard to hide. You know, it, it, like 60 some odd unanswered messages is, you know, insane. Yeah. <laughs> and I know, not... um, it definitely shows that, like that it definitely shows the the space between the two different sexes in baseball but also it shows that they didn't like the Mets didn't even really think about it right but I also ESPN really held on to that information for a while that's actually a good question do you think that ESPN had the has like a moral obligation to tell the Mets what they have that scoop that he was you know a really like just not a good guy even when everybody else is telling the Mets, oh, he's such a great guy. I think they did. They should have, because even though, like, they've had this information since 2016. Because, mm-hmm. like, I think that they definitely should have said something. Because since he was going to be in such a, like, a position of power, it within the Mets organization, I think that, especially ESPN is such a big corporation. They have so much say in so many different sports and everything, I think they definitely should have said something because it's not really, it is part of the Mets job to go deep digging. But I mean, if you interview everyone that works around him, that's kind of all you think to think to do. Right. And everybody around him just gave him such glowing reports. Like you remember like two months ago when they were talking about him, he's like, this is like the best guy ever. Yeah. And you know, and that, you, you think about it, like, are those, did all of them lie or was he just a really, you know, kind of like psychopathic and just didn't, you know, let anybody on? Yeah. And I mean, the fact that he admitted to it, like the second ESPN released it. Yeah. I think that he definitely should have, the Mets could have definitely dug a little bit deeper being like, do you have any skeletons in your closet? Like, please I'm sure they, I mean, I'm now. sure they asked him that, right? They, yeah. And I mean, I, yeah, I definitely think that ESPN should have stepped up. And also my question is why, why do you think they did it now? ESPN? Mm-hmm. I heard a, I heard a rumor, kind of a conspiracy that it, Jeff Passan realized it was a slow baseball week. And he said, so he, so he emailed this woman, right. Who was like, probably had to relive a traumatic moment in her life just because mm-hmm. of Jeff Passan's email. And he said to her, like, hey, we're going, this guy is in a position of power now, right? Let's say she didn't know, mm-hmm. right? So Jeff Passan emailed her, says, this man is a position of power now. Can we run with a story? And it, you know, drops it on a Friday, I think it was. Mm-hmm, yeah. What was it a Friday? I don't remember what day it was on. But he drops it in a week where there wasn't, you know, big trades, big anything else for ESPN to write about in terms of baseball. And then, you know, it becomes a story for a couple of days. Jeff Passan gets his moment. That's one way to look at it. The other way is that the woman saw some report as Jared Porter was the GM in the Mets, but she went, if I'm not mistaken, she went back to her home country. So I don't know how much some foreign country is reporting on Jared Porter being the GM of the New York Mets. Yeah. Right? That's um, where it kind of stops yeah. making sense to me. Cause I mean, it was a big story, but he also wasn't really in the news that week because like the Lindor trade had happened and none of the news about the Lindor trade was like, oh, GM Porter gets Lindor. It was more, you know, 
Sandy's everything that Sandy Steve Cohen. Doing. Yeah, yeah. Or like you know, Steve Cohen's impact brings Lindor to the Mets. It was never nothing in the news was ever big. Like oh, thank you, Jared Porter, for bringing him. It was. So I think it was definitely, maybe she finally did see something about him. It was like, you got to let them know. But I think Jeff Passan easily could have done that. Been like, you know, we need a story. We've had this one in our back pocket for four and a half years. Maybe it's time to let it go. There's also, I mean, Jared Porter was never really high up enough to make it a big story before now. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, Passan could have either dropped it when he got hired I just got him fired very quickly or dropped in now. And I think it's a bigger story now than it would be if they had done it when he just got hired. So, I mean, that's the really cynical way to look at it. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's definitely opened all of baseball's eyes, but especially the Mets, they have to be much more careful with their hirings. Um, I saw maybe it was Ken Rosenthal doing some deep digging on Bauer because apparently Bauer had some back and forth with like a reporter, a female reporter on Twitter. And it was like nothing sexual or anything just about baseball. But then apparently he said like, let me send you some of my followers. And apparently they were all very mean, sent Holocaust jokes. And so I think the Mets tried to talk to her. So it's definitely, it definitely shows that there are so many more people that need to be interviewed when deciding on a player, deciding on a manager or something. I think it also combines with you have, you know, Steve Cohen has some, you know, sealed allegations at point thirty two. Point seventy two? I forget what it's called. Something with the two. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. At his hedge fund, right? So he has, you know, he has some experience dealing with this in whatever sense he was dealing with it, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think they're going to be a lot more careful in the future with who they're hiring. And that's why I think Sandy is just going to end up running it, you know, until he decides not to. And I think it was very smart of them to fire him right away. Um, Because especially, like you said, with Steve Cohen's history with everything, especially in his hedge fund and everything, it really shows that they do not have a place for that, for what Porter was doing. And I think that if they just let it slide or waited a while, it would have showed like, oh, maybe they think it's okay. So they're just contemplating or like talking with their lawyers or something. But since the second he found out, he fired him. I think it really showed what the whole new organization is going to stand for. I mean, you hope so. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because I think if this had happened with the Wilpons, what do you think they would have done? I think they would have brought Brody back. (laughs) And then Brody, someone would have come out about Brody doing something like this too. They're all kind of slimy. No, but the Wilpons would not have fired him. You're right. They would have gone to their lawyers. They would have said, how long will this last until it, you know, blows over? It would yeah. have just been something much more, you know, just not as, you know, clean, as simple. Yeah, I think that, yeah, like you said, they would have, like, consulted their lawyers. But I think, especially since Cohen made this big statement at the beginning, you know, like, I'm a family man. We are based on, you know, like, we're trying to be good people here. So I think that to keep that reputation, especially in the world of baseball, they had to fire him instantly. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of A Glance at Baseball. Don't forget to come back next week for the latest in the baseball offseason.